This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fantastically wonderful, you got this, co-host, Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? We're wearing the I got this t-shirts because like, we do got this. We and do got this. I, You know what? And it's funny, the story behind the t-shirts. Yeah. I found them at Target. Yeah. And I'm like... This is my jam. Like, I got so excited. I started kind of squealing and jumping a little bit at the store. And Miguel was with me. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, can I get this t-shirt? And he's like, of course. I got <laughs> I'm like, this. no, no. Can I pull it off? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I actually have a, reminds me, I need to go get it. I have a necklace that says, you got this on it. Ooh. So I'll have, you got this for everyone outside. And I got this. And we all got this. Because I think it's really a confidence issue when it comes down to parenting. It is. It really is. Because a lot of times we're like, I don't got this. But you do got this. You do got this. Because, follow that gut. Yeah. So much of our society tells us not to follow our gut. But so much of our gut is right. 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 One of the things that society tells us not to follow our gut on is back talk. I know. Like no kids should ever talk back. And if they're talking back, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Isn't that the and that's message? That's BS, it's people. It's BS. It's telling you that your kids should never have an opinion on anything you do and they should just listen to you, which is, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I was going to say like, let's just start by popping that fairy tale dream. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, guys, but... We all know our kids have opinions because yeah. here in the United States, we do not live in a society where kids are meant to be seen and not heard. No. And I think that one thing that we need to make really clear right now is that if your kids are giving you back talk, as in they're, they're talking back when you ask them to do something, it does not mean you're doing it wrong. Like you got this. It's everything is going right if they are telling you their opinion about how they feel about what you just said. Right. Because that's part of normal 
child development, mm-hmm. right? And I think that it was really interesting. So when we were talking about this episode, <laughs> right, you and I were both having a little bit of a different opinion on what yes, was back talk. Yes, because <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. What's back talk? Because the things I see as my kids just expressing their opinions are what other people define as back talk. Like we asked Facebook this. We asked our Facebook page and everything about what backtalk was. Right, right. We went out to social media and some of the answers that we got back from people were things like when your kid says, hang on, just wait, you do it. I'm busy. So I was shocked. I was actually shocked at these responses and not because I have a moral high ground, but just because like I don't have a moral high ground, by the way, Uh, just because I don't consider them backtalk. I consider them just like kids are stating their opinion in a very unrefined way because they're kids and they don't know how to give their opinions without making other people upset. I agree with that to some extent. I do. I do. I think what defines back talk for most for most people and by all means everybody podcast land please comment speak back let me know what you think about this but I think what defines back talk is when they're expressing their opinions back to you about something that you asked them to do mm-hmm. in a disrespectful way. That's the key there. It's the disrespect. So if, for instance, I asked my kids to unload the dishwasher and they told me, hell no, I'm not going to unload the dishwasher. Yes, that'd be backtalk. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, and I don't think that, and again, it's a perception. Backtalk is subjective. It is not objective. Mm-hmm. What I claim to be backtalk, you might not see that way. Well, mm-hmm. clearly, because again, because we were talking yeah, and you yeah. were like, but my kids don't do it. And then I just laughed. I was like, oh, just you wait. And then the more we talked about it, it was like, oh, really, it has to do with the communication style. It's really the communication style. Because as we talked more, like my kids were doing the same things that your kids are doing. I just didn't define it the same way. Well, yes. And I do think that in some cases, Mm -hmm. one of my children, at least, has a little bit more disrespect in their tone. Sometimes we're dealing with this whole feeling out boundaries between parents and child in my household right now Mm -hmm. with one of my kids. This kiddo is definitely, she's really trying to figure out what she can and cannot do. But you know what the interesting part is? It's just like what we said, though. It's a developmental thing. Yeah. Like at your early teen years, that is normal child development to figure out where your boundaries are, what you can do, what you can't do, what's allowed, what isn't allowed. So you do push back a little bit. Kids do push back a little bit. And what's important is how we react, right? Yeah. And I do do see my kids go through phases too. Like we have a very like difficult phase and then it kind of evens out and then something else comes up and it's like, a difficult phase and it evens out. I have seen that push back against boundaries and those things where things become just a little, a little on the edge of disrespectful and you're like, mm, okay, we're not going to go this way. And there is a big difference. Let me throw this out there because yeah. I know that you and I both feel very strongly about this. There's a big difference between the disrespect mm-hmm. that causes the back talk yes. when it's a relationship thing or whatever and those things we've talked about before, the halt. Yes. Hungry angry, lonely, tired. I get mean when I'm hungry. I get mean when I'm tired. Like actually we were playing a game over the weekend and I was just getting snippy. And my daughter just looks at me and goes, do you need to go to bed, mom? And I went, yes, yes I do. Yes, I do. I'm very tired and my back hurts. I'd hurt my back that day. Oh. My back hurts and I'm hungry because I'm on this diet and I can't eat anything because everything's gone in the house. We have to go shopping tomorrow. And my daughter, like when I, it was so funny because her eyes just got real big. And when yeah. it was done, she was like, dude, go to bed, mom. <laughs> It's 
so funny because yeah, those internal needs we have right really affect our moods and they affect our kids' moods. Right. As well. So so sometimes our kids yeah. will get snippy and have attitude or disrespect when they're feeling sick or they're tired or they're hungry mm-hmm. or they're angry about something else that happened. It yeah. doesn't mean that it's something that has to be fixed with our parenting. And it, yeah, it does not mean you're doing right. anything wrong. It does not. And in this episode, we're going to show you some ways that you can handle the back talk and also ways that I hope will help you feel a little bit more patience because I know when our kids are acting that way, oh my gosh, I want to blow up and like go and retreat into the nearest closet and eat some Ben and Jerry's or like scream <laughs> or something like that. But just knowing these things and knowing that it's normal, it's developmental and all kids go through it and it's nothing to do with you. It gives me a lot more patience thinking about it that way. Yep. So we hope it helps you as well. Dinner time always causes us like so much stress and we've tried tons of things to make it easier. Like I've tried these meal delivery boxes. I think you have too, Brie, but food ends up spoiling or you don't like all the meals. And so a few years ago, I started using these eat at home meal plans. And just recently, I got Brie to try the eat at home meal plans too. What what did you try? Okay, so we went with the sugar-free, flour-free recipes because Mm -hmm. I'm currently doing Whole30. It's sort of like a detox thing you do for 30 days that I really do enjoy doing a couple times a year. But it is hard yeah, because it's all whole foods, no sugar, no grains, no beans, none of this stuff. That's so hard. it can, yeah, and it can get really boring mm-hmm. doing the same five, seven recipes that you found that you like. Yeah. So I was really excited to try this because not only is it hard trying to find them all myself and then trying to come up with the grocery list, mm-hmm. but this had it all there. And you posted pictures I of did. it too. I like did. You were we, so we proud. Made, yes. We made lemon pepper fish with roasted sweet potatoes. And my big aha like Mm -hmm. moment was I had never tried roasted sweet potatoes before. Mm -hmm. And I'm eating them. And so is Miguel. We're both looking at each other going like this needs to be like a regular staple on our meal. And I was like, how good would this be with some like sugar free bacon? And then he's like, and then onions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're just like getting excited talking about our next meal that we never, I never would have ever tried if I didn't have this. That's what I love about these meal plans because it'll help you find like your new favorites, just being introduced to more variety of food. So if you have all the dinner stress and you hate meal planning as much as we do or it stresses you out, try eat at home meal plans. You can sign up at noguiltmom.com backslash eat dash at dash home and you get 25% off when you use the discount code no guilt mom all one word and now on with the show you want mom life to be easier that's our goal too our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it we're going to help you delegate and step back Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So backtalk can look like a lot of different things in a lot of different families. And what many people consider backtalk, other people don't consider backtalk, like we talked about just now. Right. I'll be honest. When we got a bunch of the feedback on Facebook, some of the things were harsher than others. Like some things I would hear was like, my kid says, but, 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 or why doesn't my brother have to do it? And, and mm-hmm. I get those things. I do. And I and I can see how, again, like I said, it's all about the tone and the disrespect, body language, everything that comes along with And let's it. just say those things, they're annoying. 
It's annoying oh, to hear that. Super, super annoying. annoying. Mm-hmm. And then there were other things that were said, like, you're the strictest mom in the world. You should have played with me. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Today's the absolute worst. Grumble, grumble, grumble. And I can see, like you just said, like it causes a lot of emotional feedback from us as parents. It does. And a lot of times we're just saying, they're like, what are we supposed to be able to do? I mean, that whole like, you're the worst. When your kid tells you that you're the worst, that hurts. Right. It hurts. And you start questioning like everything you do. So it does. It, it gets this emotional response. It does. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains 
Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. And I'm going to take a moment to share my backtalk story mm-hmm. because I feel like in my household, we do have a bit of a backtalk issue that's going on. I do realize that part of it is developmental, like I said during our intro. Part of it is developmental and part of it is is legit backtalk. There's some disrespect there. That's so stupid, this and that and the other. Thank goodness my daughter does stop short of your stupid. Mm-hmm. She does know that line and trust me, I see her being aware, like stopping herself when she knows that she's about to say something that crosses that line. Mm-hmm. But like an example of backtalk that we've had in our house recently, there was a time where she wanted to go clothes shopping and I was willing to take her to the store to go clothes shopping. Now, my point of this, like making me sound like I'm willing to do it, like she came downstairs on like a Sunday afternoon and was like, I want to go clothes shopping. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing this. Well, I want to go like now. And I'm like, well, I'm doing things when I'm done. I can take you. So then she was like, okay, we had our agreed upon time. She goes, does her thing. I do my thing. She comes back down and she's in her pajamas. Mm -hmm. Brie, don't take you out shopping when you're in your pajamas. I mean, I understand every household is different. Mm -hmm. And I said that to her too. But I looked at her and went, you haven't changed. And she's like, well, I want to wear this. And I'm like, no, you've been wearing that all weekend. Those Mm -hmm. have been your pajamas. And if I remember correctly, you wore them all day Saturday too. Mm -hmm. We don't go out in our pajamas. That is a rule we have in this house. I've never let you go out in your pajamas. We don't go on our pajamas. You put on whatever else you want. That's fine. And her response was, well, that's stupid. That's a stupid rule. This is just stupid. <sighs> tell me, and, I would, and she'd be like, tell me why. And I'd give her a reason. And the answer would come back as, well, that's just a stupid reason. That doesn't make sense. That's stupid. Yeah, that would get me. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you should see me over here. I'm all whipping my hair and like, that's stupid. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of snarly faces coming at me, which invoked a lot of emotion on my side. Mm-hmm. But I did try to keep my cool and we were able to work through it. And the only way I got it to stop, guys, was with me saying, I love you. But the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I've told you what you need to do. I'm willing to take you shopping like we agreed upon. I booked two hours. You're yeah. eating into your two hours of shopping right now. She eventually went upstairs, changed her clothes. And I would say actually what the really awesome part was, about 45 minutes in the shopping thing, we're walking down the uh, aisle at the store and she just randomly goes, I'm sorry. That's awesome. See, <laughs> all those times when like you kept your cool, you stuck to your boundary and then you just let it be and she came back and she's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I just kind of like nudged her and, and winked at her and she was like, fine. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's not the kind of kid that I could have a conversation because that would make her embarrassed. And then she'd be like, stop it. You're making this weird. But what would have happened if she said if you said to her comment, that's stupid. You're like, you do not talk to me that way. Go up to your room right now. Like what would have been the result? Oh, we both would have been very upset. Yeah. She wouldn't feel like I heard her at all, which I'm not saying that she felt like I heard her, but she clearly saw that her behavior was not what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I would have felt like crap. Yeah. Utter crap. S-H-I-T all freaking day. Mm-hmm. I just would have been like eating away at me that we had that fight and mauling over it. And I do that a lot, especially right now being divorced, getting my kids 50-50. And I tell my daughter this all the time because she's the one I have the most conflicts with. It's that I don't want to spend my time fighting with no, you. No, yeah. I only get so much time with you. And I think that's true for all of our kids. We only get so much time with our kids in our lives. I don't want to spend it fighting. Don't put me in that position. That's how I feel too. Like I never want to get into a fight because the way I view it, if I get into a fight, I've lost. 
I'm, yeah. I'm already the loser. Right. Because there's no way that you can win a fight against a tween. I mean, if you have a tween, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's no way. And a teen yeah, and a kid, them. any of them, because there's no way they're going to see your point of view in an argument. There's no way. Like, it's very rare. I call those the unicorn moments. Yeah, the unicorn moments. Because it just when they're like, happen. oh, oh. Oh, you're right. You're totally right. I sh- yes, <gasps> you're right. You're that doesn't happen Why didn't ever. You do that? <laughs> yeah, no. And so it's like no. frustrating as it is sometimes to step away. I like many times I have to literally close my mouth and step away because I'm like, you are making me so mad right now, child, that I'm right. going to say something that I'm going to regret. So I'm just going to go with this. <laughs> right, right. So go Joanne and I have been mulling over this for weeks, like yes. talking about this episode, and we came up with the five steps that are going to be super supportive for you in this that's mm-hmm. going to be able to help end that pushback when it's happening in the moment a yeah. lot quicker and in a way that makes it so that you feel better at you the feel end. better at both the of end. you feel better at it the may end. feel very uncomfortable going through this but you're going to feel better at the end and the more you go through these things the more comfortable you'll feel exactly so that discomfort yep totally normal so here we go number one it's reflective listening That's a hard one. Reflective listening is hard to do because a lot of times we immediately want to fix a situation that we go right over trying to understand the situation better. And it's also really hard to be reflective Mm -hmm. when someone's throwing shade at you. Oh, yeah. Throwing the attitude. It's really hard to be like, so I hear you say that you feel like this is a stupid rule. Yeah. It's really hard to keep the tone out of it, too. Because oh, you're gosh, like, yes. <laughs> and that's another, that's like a key part of reflective listening is that you have to keep that curiosity tone instead of like the judgment tone because the judgment tone comes out so easy. Like, oh, and it teens comes out pick up so on that. Easy, and they pick up on it so, so well. It's like the littlest hint. They'll be like, oh, and they'll feel the need to defend themselves. And right. you won't get anywhere. Right. Dr. Lisa Bravo talks about that in her episode, which will actually be airing on Thursday, April 15th. So probably you've already heard that one, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so what reflective listening is, is if, for instance, your child comes up to you and says, like Bree's example, this is a stupid rule. Reflective listening would be like, I understand that you think this is a stupid rule. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's saying it back. You're not giving judgment. You're not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So that's when we roll into step two. Yeah. Right after the reflective listening is to ask questions. And when we ask questions, we have to really bear in mind that sometimes we don't ask questions from curiosity. Sometimes we ask questions to prove a point. Right. A point that we think is already correct. We already know the answer and the outcome. And so we ask those kind of questions. Like when your daughter said that she was thought that wearing pajamas outside the house, like it was a stupid rule. So I get that you think it's a stupid rule, but why are my rules so stupid? That That's a perfect example. Like, why are my rules so stupid? There's no right answer. There's right. no right answer. Right. No matter what she says, she's stepping into a hole. And you're trying to prove <laughs> the point that she is being disrespectful at that time. Exactly. So like an example of a question to ask for curiosity's sake is like, okay, I get that you feel like this is stupid. I might ask a question like, why do you want to wear pajamas out of the house? Just to understand her point of view a little bit better. That's a great, great point. Not giving any credibility to her point of view. Like you're not you're not agreeing with her when you ask that question. I think that's the really hard part with a lot of parents. Right. And I can tell you, I did ask that question. Yeah. The answer that came back was because this is easy and mm-hmm. it's comfy. Yeah. 
So that's really great information to take as a parent. So I understand that you want to be really comfortable when you go out. Is that right? And she's like, yeah, and I don't want to have to go upstairs and change again. Oh, I get that. I understand Mm -hmm. that you don't want to go upstairs and change. Yeah. So and then you could summarize after you ask the question. So what I'm getting is that you want to wear pajamas outside of the house because you want to be comfortable and you also don't want to take the time and the energy to go upstairs and change. And do I have all that correct? And normally they'll answer back and do realize that there's a lot of pauses in this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why they're staring at you, either A, trying to figure you out what, what angle you're coming what from. What angle you're coming Yeah. Or they're just looking at you going, are you kidding me? Are you don't, don't you know this? Like, I think that a lot of that is what's going through their head. And you know what? That's normal That's because normal. they're learning communication still, even and, at this stage. And through your questions, you're actually helping them understand more why they're pushing back. You're giving them the language to communicate their feelings. Right. So, I mean, we know that Joey and I are not naive. Let me just throw that out there, guys. Like, we get this. We know that this will often, like, asking these questions, like I just said, you're going to get the eye rolling. Yeah. You're going to get the, <sighs> the oh, yeah. sighs. And sometimes you're even going to get the really irritating, for me, the hoodie shut. Yeah. When they're wearing the hoodie and they just throw it over their face and they do, like, the kidney thing and they pull the strings and all of a sudden their face just, like, disappears. And you're like, I can still see you. Yeah. You're well, still there. You know what I get <laughs> is because I... I read a lot of parenting books and I'm very into this whole psychology of it all. Like my kids will come back and be like, I know what you're doing, mom. <laughs> and I'll be like, what? What am I doing? What am I- <laughs> yes. Like we've heard that from a lot of parents that are like in this field. Their parents are like, quit doing the psychology stuff on me. Quit but, doing that parenting stuff. But we're telling you, just try it. Because mm-hmm. more often than not, you're going to find that your kid is going to open up And it's going to give you a little bit more dialogue. It is. And it's going to help you in this battle to get past the back talk. And it's not going to be easy. Asking questions is not an easy thing to do. And that's probably mess it up, but it's okay. You'll probably mess it up. You'll get plenty of opportunities to practice it again. (laughs) Yeah. And like in our balanced coaching program, we have this come out up a lot in coaching calls that we coach our members through how what to do when they're faced with the situation and also what questions they could use to drill a little bit deeper. And you know what I think is great about that Mm -hmm. is that when we do it in balance, it's not in the moment, obviously, right? I mean, you're not having a dispute with your child while they're in this coaching call with us. Mm -hmm. They're reflecting back on something that happened. And when you're not in the moment, you can really reflect on your thoughts and how you want to do things differently next time. And you're much more open to solutions. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit too, when I was asking questions in the reflective listening a few times, I had to look just past my child, not at my child, but just past them Mm -hmm. because I couldn't take the visual the rolling of the eyes, mm. the the slouching, the crumpled nose. So that's my little trick I'm sharing with y'all. Look just past, past them. them. It helps. Yeah. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms 
and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So that brings us to number three. Think about your role. This is this is hard. It is a hard one. Because a lot of times when kids are like back talking to us or being disrespectful to us, we need to really examining the message that we're putting out to kids. And this is not about blame. It is not about guilt. This is something that I've had to go back in myself and reflect exactly what's going on. I have this a lot in terms of perfectionist things and not resting when I see my daughter trying to do everything perfect and like be as productive as possible. And I'm like, hold on, rest. I have to look back at myself and be like, what message am I giving her? Right. And you know, another thing that I found was really helpful about this thinking about your role. We've recently been reading The Explosive Child by Dr. Mm -hmm. Ross Green. And he talks about the importance of letting kids have that transition time and how a lot of times that causes conflict. Yeah. So an example of that would be, and this is where I occasionally occasionally see back talk from my son who is much less likely to give it to me. But I ask him to, I don't know, go walk the dog, mm-hmm. right? We live in a three-story house. So a lot of times I'll do it via Alexa to avoid having to run all the way up to the third floor. And I'll be like, hey, can you walk the dog? And he'll mm-hmm. come back and say, yeah, I'll do it. And then 10 minutes has passed and he hasn't done it. So then now I'm getting upset because mm-hmm. I'm like, you said you'd walk the dog. And in my head, 10 minutes is plenty. So then I go upstairs and he's playing a video game. Mm-hmm. And I would say to him, hey, you said you'd walk the dog. And he'd go, in a minute. Okay. Now, what was my contribution in that? I was just expecting him to immediately drop everything he was doing to walk the dog. Yes. I didn't mm-hmm. take into consideration he was in the middle of something. How would I feel if I was in the middle of editing a podcast episode and my kid asked me to make them something to eat and I said, I'll get to it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, they came in demanding for that food. My kids do that all oh, the time. I'd and be I, like, it oh, makes no, me crazy. you don't. <laughs> yes. Right? So I would have that same response. So that's where I have to look at my role. Mm -hmm. Did I come in and expect my kid to drop everything they were doing to do the request I gave them? Yeah. Yes, I did. And it really wasn't fair. And whether or not it had to happen at that moment, let's say it did have to happen. He had to walk the dog within 10 minutes. Let's say he absolutely had to. 
what I'm saying in this is that when you look at your own role, you understand that wasn't necessarily disrespectful backtalk. Yeah. It was an emotional response, not realizing what your child's needs were. I think that's a great example. I mean, I think I do the same thing when I'm on a rush to get everything picked up in the house and I'm like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And my kids are like, uh, and they're just stunned because here they are assaulted with like this barrage of requests from me. And they're trying to get one done and the next one comes yeah. and, and then they can't keep track of all that they in can't. their head. And then we're frustrated because mm-hmm. you're like, I asked you to do it. Exactly. And that's another one that my daughter tells me a lot. Like she's very sensitive to my tone. Mm, the tone, yes. And sometimes let's say I'm coming home and like you just said, we're rushed. We got to get something done or I'm coming home and I've had a bad day or something just happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, last night. I had a tone when I was talking to my kids because we were on a walk with the dog. Miguel and I were and Max being Max, he's this little chihuahua mix that thinks he is in charge of the world and he thinks every other dog in the world is trying to eat me. Yeah. So he got very upset on the walk several times and almost got in a full out brawl with another dog that was not on a leash. (coughs) Not even going to address that one. You know how I feel about that clearly right now. So I get home and our walk was longer than it meant so or what that was supposed to be so part of dinner had started to burn and everybody was in the kitchen like I'm hungry I'm hungry I'm hungry so I started snapping and then I had to step back breathe hard uh, because my daughter then gave some attitude back to me Mm -hmm. and before I responded to her I immediately knew because of the fact that I was so aware of myself that I had been snapping at her first yes so I immediately stopped and was like you know what I'm sorry I have a tone I'm not frustrated with you frustrated with the walk with the dog and the food is burning and she's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to snap back the tone thing i and get the tone the thing too stopped. yeah i get like sometimes i will get upset when i get upset i tend to clam up and not tell everyone the things and i i get very short and i'm like yeah can you can you go over there and do that and my daughter's like are you mad no i'm not mad of course i'm mad <laughs> at that same time like i don't know exactly what i'm mad about So like I will be trying to like keep my emotions under control and it just doesn't work. So like two minutes later, I'll be like, I'm frustrated because of this and this and this. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with my kids. And you know what? They need to hear that. The the tweens and the teens. They need to hear it. They have to hear that it's not them because as you know, the world does revolve around them, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, it's normal to think that as a teen or a (laughs) tween. And I'm joking. I'm being sarcastic. But at the same time, like you just said, that's a developmental stage. It's it's developmental to think the whole world revolves around you. Yeah, they're working through that thought process. But because of that, they also take a lot of what emotions are thrown out there and they and they internalize it. They that do. It's me. They do. It's yeah. me. That brings so, us to number four. Yes. Give your child more freedom. It's hard. This one's a hard one because a lot of the times if we think that we're not constantly on it and we're not constantly reminding them that something is going to fall through the cracks and our child is going to fail miserably. Right. And we also think sometimes if they're being rude or disrespectful that they don't deserve that freedom. Exactly. If you're being rude, freedom is is an earned right. Yes. And that is the hard thing because a lot of times when our kids are being disrespectful, they need more freedom. That's what they're telling us. They're pushing back because they need more freedom. And no amount of taking away like privileges or anything is going to make them be any more respectful. So this will work really great when you have the case of like, you ask your kid to, I don't know, do their laundry. Yes. (laughs) It's so so funny because when we were talking about this and then you brought it to Miguel and you're like, yeah, Joanne says her kids don't backtalk. Miguel's like, wait a minute. Wasn't it her son who said that he wasn't going to fold his laundry? (laughs) 
And I'm like, yes, he totally told me that. My son, like he, we put him in control of his laundry and he refused to fold his clothes, like quite adamantly. So much so that he actually told me like, I don't have to do it and you can't make me. But he told me in a very measured tone. It wasn't like yelled back at me. And you could have taken that as back talk and you could have engaged in... I could have engaged in that a conversation on it. <laughs> I did not engage. I got extremely mad, but I when I get mad, I just I take it in and I walk away because I knew that I was going to say something at that instant that would damage my relationship with my son. Right. But so backtalk does happen in our house. However, giving him that freedom not to fold his clothes ended up being a very good thing in the long run. Because he then experienced the natural consequences of not folding his clothes. Within a week. Within like, a it didn't week. Take long. Within a week. Because like we're going out the door for school and he's like, Mom, I can't find any socks. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. And he looks at me, he's like, oh. <laughs> and he goes and he like tries to find socks. But funny story. My son actually wears two different socks every day now. So does mine. Because he doesn't want to put the socks together and it's become his new style. And I'm Same like, with mine. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I thought it was just Robert. That's the freedom that to give kids to kind of express themselves how they want to express themselves. Yes, someone might look at that and be like, oh, my gosh, that child's mother. She doesn't like take care of him and make sure she he has two pairs of matching socks. Yeah, someone might say that. But you know what? Who cares? Because you know what it's like at your house. You know that you don't want to get in this fight with your child. And what does wearing two different socks really do in the long run? Right, it right. It doesn't do anything. And, and I think a big thing, too, to note of this is sometimes we in our heads, you guys have heard me and Joanne say it all the time, they're not going to do their laundry, which mm-hmm. means that they're going to get made fun of at school, which means they're going to drop out of school. And then that means that they're never going to get a job and they're going to start living in a van down by the river. Yeah, but let's stop it right there. Because what will really happen is that... They won't do their laundry. They'll make be made fun of at school. That peer pressure is going to have them rethink their not doing their laundry stance and they might go back and do their laundry. Right? So like, I think it's helpful sometimes just to tell them what our thought process is. I don't need to tell my kid that I'm afraid they're going to end up in a van down by the river. But mm-hmm. what I can say to them is like, look, it's Sunday and it's four o'clock and you haven't started your laundry. I'm afraid that if you don't go do it right now, it's going to be 930 and then it's going to be bedtime and you're going to say, oh, I can't go to bed. I don't have any clothes to wear to school tomorrow and I have to do my laundry. Mm -hmm. You say that to your kid and guess what? Your kid's going to come back and they're either going to go, oh, I didn't think of that. Or they're going to go, mom, I'm going to do my laundry when I come down for dinner at six. Your kids will. And then you're like, frequently they'll talk you down that's what like my daughter talks me down all the time because mine is like her going to coffee rush which is at the corner and they have to cross the street and i'm like here's what i'm afraid of i'm afraid of this this and this and she'll like okay here is why you don't need to be afraid of that and here's what i'm gonna do so it's, hearing what they're going to do and hearing that they actually have a plan is yeah, so helpful. I it think. is really helpful. And it helps so them that, build the responsibility. Too. But you only get that when you give them the freedom. Exactly. So okay. give them the freedom. Yep. And then finally, you got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Walk away. Yes. Walk away. <laughs> that is like, remember, if you get into a fight, it's already a losing situation. If there right. is yelling and your emotions are heightened, you've already lost. That's how I see it. Like, I've already lost if I'm yelling. There's no shame in walking away. Kenny Rogers, 
was a wise, wise man. Yes. Yes. Because many people think that it is our job to solve things immediately. Because if we don't solve problems immediately, then everyone will forget about it. And the world will crash down. Like, and that's all fear talking. It's all fear talking. You can walk away. You can gather your thoughts. It's going to give you time to cool down. It's going to give your kids time to cool down. And then when you feel like you can have the conversation, that's when you can have the conversation. You don't have to deal with it immediately. Yep. And my favorite thing to do when you're in the middle of the conversation mm-hmm. or like you've been having the conversation and your kid keeps coming back. So like my example, my daughter kept saying to me over and over and over again, that's stupid. That rule is stupid. I should be able to go out in my pajamas. That's stupid. Eventually, after I was done saying my point, all I said to her repeatedly was, I love you. And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I love you. And the answer is no. Eventually, she was like, okay, I can't fight that. Yeah. So she just went upstairs, she cooled off and came back down half an hour later, lo and behold, in different comfy clothes. So here are those tips for you again about how you can make backtalk a little bit less of an issue in your home. Number one, reflective listening. Repeat back what your child has said to you. You want to ask them some questions and make sure they're actually truly inquisitive. Number three, think about your role in the conversation and the dynamic and really examine that to feel like what message you're giving your child, either through your actions or through your tone. You want to make sure that you're trying to give your child some more freedom because a lot of time that's when you find out whether or not they have a plan. And number five, it is okay to walk away. No one to hold them. No one to fold them. No No one to walk walk away. away. And no one to run. No one to run. Sometimes you got to run away. Sometimes you got to (laughs) run. So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll see you later. Thanks for stopping by. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.